Well, welcome back. Scott Weatherford again. You know, the last few weeks I've been starting off with a corny joke, but I really don't have a corny joke except for what did the cow say to the horse? Why the long face? Okay, sorry. But we're, today we're going to talk about shape, you know, the shape of your face, shape of your head. We're going to talk about what, how God has shaped you to serve. What does God want to do with you? Now, we talked about believe, belong, become. We talked about Jesus love you. We talked about growing to be like Christ. Now we're talking about serving God by serving other people. God has a destiny for you in ministry. Now you go, well, wait a second. Now, you're not supposed to be a pastor. Not everybody's supposed to be a pastor, but every member is to be a minister. You're, you have a place to serve, and you need to jump into that because you're really not going to grow until you serve. Whether it's cutting grass or with the kids or on a, a project and feeding folks or whatever it is that may be, God wants you to serve. Once upon a time, I was a surfer. I surfed for a long time. For the time I was 14, the time I was about probably 56, 57, 58, around there. So, you know, maybe little last week. But I surfed all these years. And one at one time, I had a custom-made 9-foot Robert August surfboard. It was a high-performance longboard. It was incredible. Had a teardrop concave in the nose. Had a V-shaped tail, tri-fin. It was an amazing magic carpet. And I surfed on that thing. Actually, I surfed in three different oceans. Oh, well, three of our bodies were the Atlantic, the Gulf, and the Pacific on that surfboard. And I loved it. It would almost would think for me because it was shaped for me. It was a perfect surfboard. Now, I love that. I had so much fun on that. One of the things it had on it, get this, on the nose, it had my name, Scott Weatherford, Robert August logo, and then it had underneath it, all for Jesus. Really? I got that in 1995, y'all, all for Jesus. And really what that phrase and that thought and that just that, that I thought about this shape and this tool and that I thought, you know what? God wants me to be a surfer for him, but serving, not just catching waves and having fun, but to serve him. And he's custom shaped me to do just that. He has custom made you to do just that. Now listen to this. This is Ephesians 4. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the body of Christ. This will continue till we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we'll be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and the complete standard of Christ. What's really fascinating about this is that, listen, you will never grow spiritually to full maturity until you serve. You will never belong completely and be connected until you give your life away in ministry and serving. That's what that passage says. Now, God gives gifts to the church, but they're not siloed. They're not this and this and this and this and this. They're, they're all together. They're congruent to equip, to build up. My job as a pastor is to equip you and to build up. And you say, well, what about apostles? Modern-day apostles are pastors who pastor other pastors. Evangelists, people who share the good news. Teachers, those who do that. I mean, look at this. This is incredible how God does this. 
apostles, that's pastors of pastor pastors, prophets, one who foretells God in his glory and his majesty and Jesus is Lord, evangelists, people who are completely gifted to lead people to come know Christ, and pastors and teachers to equip the saints so you could serve. Wow. God has done this to equip and to build up so you would become spiritually mature to serve God and know God, to make Jesus famous, to pray glory to God. Your full delight in your life will be found when you serve God by serving people. Your full delight in serving God by serving people. Hmm. So every believer is important. Every ministry matters. And so all of you listening, you're ministers. God wants you to be engaged. So let's dig a little deeper in this. And I want to give you an acrostic we use. And we're going to use this in our in our class, our next steps class, our experience that's uh, shaped to serve. And you could download that QR code and take that class and, and fill out those forms we have with it that helps you determine your spiritual shape, how God has shaped you. And it's an acrostic, and so we're going to use it. So the first, the S in our acrostic is your spiritual gift. God gives you spiritual gifts. Listen to this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. That's in 1 Corinthians 12, 14. Now, the spiritual gifts come the moment you say yes to Jesus. He gives you gifts. Now, oftentimes these gifts are going to lie dormant until they're needed in your life. They're going to bubble up. When I was saved, God gave me the gift of preaching and teaching. I didn't know that until the mandate came when I was later in life. At 33, I started preaching and teaching. That divine enablement was in me, but it was dormant and brought out of me. Now, there's a whole lot of list in, of spiritual gifts throughout the scripture. And we can go on that, and there's cool gifts, and there's uncool gifts. There's some gifts people go, well, I don't know about that's a gift, or that's just something creepy. It doesn't matter. God uses these things. Now, you can list the gifts that Paul listed, that Peter listed. I like Peter's list. It's only two gifts, preaching and teaching and, and serving people. But anyway, Paul's a little more, you know, line things out. And we'll talk about personalities in a minute. But there are many kinds of teaching and serving and God can add to this list or take away from this list as he wants to because it's a divine enablement. Now, sometimes the gifts are obvious, sometimes they're hidden, sometimes they're dormant, but the key is is divine enablement. God has divinely enabled you through his spirit to do the things he's asking you to do. Today, getting ready to, to, to spend this time with you, I was reminded of my complete inadequacy and God's complete sovereignty. Oh, divine enablement, spiritual gift. Now, the next thing in our acrostic is heart. What do you really love to do? What is your passion? What do you love to do? It says Psalm 37, 4 says this, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. God's given you a passion for something, or maybe a passion for many things. Now, let's debunk this secular and sacred myth. And in the Reformation, the era of the Reformation, people started dividing life into what's secular and what's sacred. That's just, that's just nonsense. It all belongs to God. All belongs to God. And God has given you passions. Now, if your passions are toward debauchery, that's probably not from God. That's probably from the devil. But if your passion is for godliness and goodness and wholeness, that's from God. And God uses all kinds of passions, and the passions and gifts are often congruent. 
Like, I'm passionate about helping people, so he gives me the congruencies, the gifts that go along to complement that. Huh. I'm passionate about rectifying and bringing justice in the world. God's given me giftedness to complement that. I'm passionate about loving my family, and God has given me a divine enablement to go along with that. So it's the complementarianism of God that brings my spiritual gifts and my passion in collision as I give my life all for him. Now, what is your passion? Well, I love to draw. Do you think God can use that for his glory? Absolutely. I love to shop. Do you think God can use that for his glory? Absolutely. As we yield ourselves to God, realizing that all it says, not this categorization of secular and sacred, but it all belongs to him, that he aligns our passion with our gifts. But it gets better. The next thing he takes is our abilities. What are you really good at? What can you really do? Listen to this out of Colossians 3 again. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. In other words, everything I do, I do it for God's glory. You know, the average person has over 10,000 abilities. And the, you guys listen to me, far above average, right? God's given you so many gifts and abilities and talents that he wants to use them. And listen, he aligns them with spiritual giftedness, with your passion, with your abilities. He aligns them all together. Now, not everybody can do everything. They just can't. That's why we need each other. That's why we live in community. And it all brings glory to God when he aligns our giftedness and our passion, our abilities together. There's a lot of things I can't do. There's a lot of things I can do. And what God wants me to live is a complementarian uh, community that's giving for his glory that I use when my abilities and my passion or my heart and my spiritual gifts, my shape for his glory in community. God is so loving and good that he would never ask me something to, to do something that he wouldn't divinely enable me to do or put me in a community that will do it. And I don't even want to say this. Different churches have different responsibilities. Some churches are built for uh, building up people in Christ, disciple-making. Some are built up for evangelism, drawing people to Christ. But listen, a healthy, balanced church is a complementary church using everyone's spiritual gifts their heart, and their abilities for King Jesus. Then there's your personality. God has made you uniquely different. Now, when you go online and you download that QR code and you take that class, there's a personality assessment uh, along with that, that class. It's fascinating. I love personality assessments, and I've been using them for years. Now, we have a very simple one, and our simple one really divides people and every, all of them do, into four categories. Now, they use fancy names. We don't. We use animal names, okay, because it makes it easy. Lions, beavers, otters, and golden retrievers. What is your personality? Now, a lion is someone who's strong-willed, in control, confident, bombastic. Let's go. Let's do it now. Uh, you know, let's, let's move the ball down the court. This is who we are. This is what we do. Let's get it done. I'm a lion. I'm married to a lion. Tara's a lion as well. We're both lions. We're both very visionary, forward-thinking, confident, let's go. Um, we're, we're lions. The, the second personality is a beaver. A beaver is someone who's very organized and systematic and structured. I'm not one of those. I'm not. Now, I've had to learn to be that, like in sermon prep and, and leadership. I've had to learn to be more systematized and organized because it brings benefit to everyone around me. 
But my wife, her natural proclivity is she wants to run things and she wants to organize how it's ran. That's her, that's her personality. She's a beaver. She, she, in beavers, there's a right way to do things, and by God's help, we're going to do the right thing the right way. Beavers read directions. They're just suggestions. Beavers follow menus. They're just suggestions. You see, beavers want to do the right thing. And often, we get this, in the negative side of a beaver, they're very good at putting, to give thing, very good at putting things together and very good at tearing people apart. Lions are very good at getting things done, but they're also very good about running over people. But God wants to use my personality. He created me to live for his glory. Uh, then there's the otter. That's the outgoing fun. They know everybody, just can't remember their names. Uh, they're the life of the party. They like to joke. They like to have fun. I'm an otter. I like people. I like to have fun. I'm a lion. I like to be in charge of the fun, but I like to have fun. My wife, she's not an otter. In fact, beavers kind of have a tendency to can't, can't stand otters because they think they're frivolous and annoying and they just make a lot of noise and a lot of messes. But otters are awesome, and they bring life and hope. Now think about this. you got lions like to run things. Beavers like to organize things. Otters like to have fun. But boy, that makes a great combination when they're complementing complementary in their spiritual gift, in their heart, and their abilities. God uses all kinds of personalities. The last one is golden retrievers. That's the sympathetic, kind, loving, gentle, loyal, empathetic, Mother Teresa's of the world, and God uses those people. Just think about a world where nobody had compassion. You see, we need lions and beavers and otters and golden retrievers. Usually you're a combination of two of those things. But as we live in a complementary environment with our shape, leaning on one another, we give God glory, and we serve best according to our shape. Here's the last one. and This might be the most important one. It's our experiences. God never wastes anything. And he uses our experiences probably greater than anything else to shape us for ministry. Listen to this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. He gives us spiritual experiences where we come to know him and to believe him. He gives us educational experiences where we're trained and we're equipped academically. He gives us vocational experiences, jobs that we have that are complementary to what he's calling us to become and do. He gives us painful experiences because God never wastes a hurt. And then my misery becomes my ministry. He even leverages, get this, your sinful experiences because your mess becomes your message. Oh. So God uses my shape, spiritual gift, heart, ability, personality and experiences in community with others in a complementary environment that we might live all for Jesus. Oh. So ministry is not just preaching, teaching, and singing. It's using my whole life to say, Jesus, I'm yours. Oh. Whether I'm singing a song, baking a cake, feeding a child, working in a ministry, cutting somebody's grass, Whatever, washing someone's feet, I'm doing it for the glory of God. And I've been equipped to do this because God has shaped me to serve him. Huh. You see, like that Robert August nine-foot custom-made surfboard that I love so much, 
uh, you know, it got old, and uh, I gave it away. I gave it away. And I told the two girls I gave it to, I said, look, this is my board. We've had a lot of fun, but now it's your board. And you have, you know what, they're still having fun on it all those years later because that shape, it happened to fit them. Wow. God used that board, and God wants to use me, and he wants to use you. But I have to be willing to let him use me all for him, all for Jesus, all for Jesus. So I'm going to commit to live for him. How, how do you want to serve God? Let, let, us, let us help you with that. Set up a, a ministry interview. We could talk with you. Raise your hand. Step into a prayer time. Send us a link, an email. Let us help you find your place wherever you live. Maybe your goal is to find antique stuff and fix it up and sell it and give the money to missions. Maybe that's your ministry. I don't know. Maybe you give that money to a local homeless shelter. I don't know. Maybe you fix up that furniture and give it to people in need. I don't know. Maybe it's baking cookies for your neighbors. I don't know. Maybe it's working with at-risk kids as a mentor in school. I don't know. But whatever you do, whatever your hand finds to do, do it for the glory of God because you were shaped to serve. Now listen, it starts with Jesus. Will I give my life to this one who's given his life for me that I might serve him all of my life for his glory? Your decisions become your destinies. You believe, you belong, you become to live all for Jesus. Take your next step. Download the QR code. Dive in. Let us help you make those decisions all for Jesus. Father, thank you for what you've said to us this morning. And I pray that we will not live in the confines of our own personality, but we'll live in a community that's complementary, where you take all of our giftedness, all of our shape, and you use it for your glory, that we might do the good in the world that needs doing, and love the ones that need loving, and we live all for you, King Jesus, according to our shape. May those who've never given their life to you whisper this prayer, Jesus, I'm yours, and let their lives be changed for your global glory. And I pray this in Jesus' strong name. Amen.